Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, brothers and sisters. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Great to be coming to you live tonight, Tuesday night, uh, this primary day, uh, Tuesday night of May the 24th of twenty. 22. And uh, we want to pray tonight, of course, uh, for the victims in Texas. So we're going to pray for that, uh, victims of that shooting. And I want to reflect with you about it a little bit spiritually. Uh, and uh, we will lift everyone up to the Lord, including all of us. And uh, and then some other things, too, that we have to be uh, uh, focusing on and reflecting on as we pray for America. That's our program, Praying for America, Reflecting from the Scriptures, Reflecting and Praying over the News. And that, of course, is especially urgent uh, today. So let's turn to the prophet Jeremiah. And in chapter 17, there is a section that is is titled True Wisdom, starting with verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in human beings who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season, but stands in a lava waste, a salt and empty earth. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. It fears not the heat when it comes, Its leaves stay green. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. More tortuous than all else is the human heart. Beyond remedy, who can understand it? I, the Lord alone, probe the mind and test the heart to reward everyone according to his ways, according to the merit of his deeds. Let us pray. Lord, our nation comes before you with great sorrow and distress today over this killing taking place in Texas at this elementary school. Lord God, those who have died, 14 students and one teacher, others injured. Lord God, in these moments, we are reminded of one simple truth that you alone are God, and that only in God can our souls be at rest. We cannot trust in anything but you. No trust in human beings, no, no guarantee from one moment to the next about what is secure. Lord God, our only sure foundation of hope and of confidence is you. But we know that you are there for us. We know that we can put ourselves and others' lives in your hands. And so we do so with confidence. We run to you. We run to your cross. We run to the shed blood on the cross to help us deal with the shed blood in our cities, on our streets, even in our schools. Lord God, how do we deal with shed blood? 
only in your shed blood. How can we heal the wounds that come from the shedding of innocent blood, especially of children? Lord God, only by taking refuge in the blood that you shed for us on the cross. Blood must answer blood. Innocent blood must answer innocent blood and lift us up from the distress and despair and confusion and anger and sadness. Lord God, we pray for these victims. Take them to yourself, Lord God. We pray for this shooter. Lord God, we we do not know. As this scripture tells us, more tortuous than all else is the human heart behind beyond remedy. Who can understand it? We cannot understand this shooter. Again, Lord, you are sovereign, and we ask you to take charge of this situation. And Lord, we pray for all who were involved in, in this day's tragedy, and we pray for these families, uh, parents and, and other relatives and friends of these victims, that to them, for them, Lord God, we lift up our prayers tonight. We entrust them into your hands. Once again, may the shed blood of Christ be their consolation. May the poured out gift of the Holy Spirit be their comfort. May the words of truth in the scriptures that are a light shining even in the deepest darkness enlighten them tonight. May they rest in you amidst the the tumult and the distress of this moment. May they find rest in the creator of the universe the one who gave them life in the first place. May they find rest in you, O God. And may we, Lord God, turn to you for light and wisdom in these moments as we try to interpret these events. What, do we, what must we learn? What must we do? How must we change public policy? Lord God, we do not have easy answers for these things, but we turn to you because we know that your wisdom will continue to guide us, our lawmakers, and our nation. Pour out that spirit upon us tonight. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. The other people, too, that we pray for are those who have been involved in similar tragedies in the past because anyone who has lived through something like this uh, it certainly relives the pain uh, when a similar tragedy happens. And so we pray also, uh, dear friends, for those who are in other parts of our country and other parts of the world who have been victims of these uh, senseless acts. You know, we call them senseless because any degree of sense, any degree of, of, of the, just the common humanity that we have, says that this is this is unjustified there's no way to justify this this is this is is is, is pure evil senseless is 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 a word but it's a deeper than that of course it is evil the devil hates humanity the devil hates humanity because the devil hates god the devil wants to try to kill god can't kill god so the devil goes to the next level and kills what is made in the image of God. 
human life. There will be all kinds of things said, as there always are, in the midst of these tragedies. Some of them are, to some extent, consoling. Some of them are perhaps steps on the road to better solutions and preventing things like this. Other things that are said really just don't make sense. And some things are said that don't make sense simply because we're venting, simply because we're not really thinking clearly, but just venting. And we have to give people some space to do that. Guns don't commit sins, brothers and sisters. People do. And that's one baseline truth to keep in mind as we listen to various comments. Guns don't commit sins. People do. Sure, there's mental illness out there. There's also sin. There's also evil. Nor do these things happen in a vacuum. We're living in a culture of death. These things do not happen in a vacuum. These things don't just come out of the sky or come up from the ground or out of the sea or out of nowhere. None of this comes out of nowhere. It comes out of somewhere. Evil comes out of another evil. We have a culture of death. You know, I deal with the killing of children every day as I deal with the issue of abortion. And I've often said when there have been tragedies in the past of students being shot, even students killing students, children will not stop killing children until parents stop killing children. We live in a culture that has literally justified the killing of children by parents. What do you think we're teaching them? But this is not to give some kind of an explanation for what happened today. When these things happen, brothers and sisters, we, we do what we've already done, and you know it as well as I do. We turn together to the Lord. We commend to the Lord everybody who's affected by this. And really, that's all of us. We are all affected by this, all distressed by this, all disturbed by this. And hopefully, while we muddle through the mystery of these things, trudge through the, the sadness and distress of them, Hopefully, in some way, we can deepen our dependence on God. You know, when you're, and we've all had the experience of driving through a terrible storm, you know, when it really gets bad, and you can't see a thing in front of you, and wind is blowing, and maybe hailstones are coming down, and it's really bad. You don't, at that moment, try to figure out what's causing the storm. You just try to get through it safely. 
And this is what we do at these moments. The key thing is not to try to figure out exactly how it happens, but in these moments to be able to entrust ourselves to the one who cares for us all. Let's look at some of the comments that are coming in. Uh, Jesse is saying socialist Democrats are going to create a false narrative out of these senseless killings against the conservative movement, yet they continue to destroy unborn children. Isn't that true? Everything's our fault, by the way, okay? We who are conservative, we who are MAGA, every, everything, every, everything's our fault. And yet they're the ones justifying the killing of innocent children every day. Thank you for that comment. Uh, uh, Bonnie, that is true. If you can kill an innocent baby, you can kill anybody. Friends, you might remember the quote of Mother Teresa of Calcutta, whom I was privileged to know, and uh, spoke at the National Prayer Breakfast in 1994. And she asked the question of our nation that we have to keep repeating. If we tell a mother that she can kill her own child, how can we tell other people not to kill each other? A question worth remembering, a question worth repeating. Let's see, Father, you are so right. Let's go, go up to that. Uh, why is it okay to kill the unborn, not to murder the elementary school child? Why can't we understand, Irma is asking, that all life is precious? All life. Um, yes. Um, it, is, it is the bedrock lesson of morality, isn't it? That life itself is sacred. Um all doors are locked, Pamela was saying, when she subs in Texas schools. All doors are locked. I have to be buzzed in every time. What happened at this school? Why was this 18-year-old let in? So thank you, Pamela, for that. You know, we have to raise the kinds of questions that need to be raised. Uh, uh, and, and, and this has got to be part of the processing. And hopefully from each of these tragedies, we can learn a little bit something of what to do to um, uh, avoid these things in the future, or at least minimize the risk. And, and, and you know, this is sometimes in commentary after things like this, people will speak as though there's something that has to be done to completely eliminate these tragedies. Now, we absolutely have to do everything we can to protect our children, to protect one another. But let's not forget the biblical word about the weeds and the wheat. The weeds and the wheat are growing together right now. Remember the, the disciples in their eagerness said, well, what shall we go? Master, shall we go and, and pluck, up the, pluck up the weeds? And Jesus says uh, in the parable, no, you might pluck up the, the wheat as well. Let them grow together until harvest. This doesn't mean we tolerate evil. It means we realize the limits in this world, the limits to eliminating sin. There's always going to be sin in this world, in this life. There's always going to be evil. The good and the bad are together, the just and the unjust, the weeds and the wheat. And this is why there is this distress. We have to do everything we can 
A, to avoid sin ourselves, B, to protect one another from the consequences of somebody else's sin, but, and, and, and C, as I already said, to let, when tragedies like this happen, to let them lead us to more dependence upon God, more trust in Him, more trust in His providence, and a deeper longing for His healing. We all need His healing. But my goodness, um, let's not fall into the trap of thinking that somehow we can go through this life without having to endure in one way or another the sins of others and the evil that is here in um, the world. Tara is saying no Christianity, no Christian God. No Christian God means no humanity. No humanity means a true hell on earth. That reminds me, Tara, of a of a of a, a line in one of the documents of our uh, of our Catholic uh, tradition. So when you lose sight of the Creator, the creature is no longer intelligible. Why does human life just not have any value for some people? Why is it meaningless? Why can they make no sense of it? Why do they have no reverence for it? Well, if you forget the creator, what sense does the creature make? None at all. And that goes very along the lines of what you are, uh, of what you are saying uh, uh, here. So uh, yeah, Ricky is saying Biden is going to blame the ultra MAGA. Let's just wait for it, right? We're going to hear it, you know, when these upcoming days, you just, just wait for it. It's coming. You and I are going to get the blame uh, for all these things. And uh, George is making the point. God has been pushed out of America's public schools. America must return to God. Listen, if you take down the commandments out of the public schools, like, like the Supreme Court did some decades ago, one of those commandments is thou shalt not kill. Another one of those commandments says, I am the Lord your God. Well, if he's God, then we're not, and we can't own or manipulate or destroy another human being. You take the, God, uh, the commandments out, you take the Bible out, you take prayer out. What do you think you're going to be left with? What do you think you're going to be left with? You're going to be left with a godless culture of death where we are literally teaching young people to have no regard whatsoever for human life, for its origins, uh, and for its value. Let's see. Um, Gene is making a similar point. God had been so far removed from our society, no wonder evil is so rampant. Uh, exactly. Well, brothers and sisters, so let's continue. In fact, let's go back into prayer uh, and, and, you know, I'm thinking, you know, all those that are in deep distress tonight, you know, we are, uh, we all are, but some are, are the actual family members and, and, and just people who are, um, are going through this now. Let's see, where am I looking here? After Jeremiah. Uh, people who are in, in deep lamentation. We think about the book of lamentations. The book of lamentations in the scriptures is a great place to go. It's a short book right after the prophet Jeremiah. And it's a great place to go when, when there is deep distress, either that you have or that you want to be in solidarity with others who have. Because it is uh, the expression of the grief of God's people when the holy city was 
was invaded by the Babylonians and, and, and destroyed and the temple burned and the people taken into exile and just uh, the, the, the most dramatic expressions of human grief. And yet right in the midst of it, an expression of human hope. It's, 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 uh, it's beautiful. Let me uh, find here where I want to um, read. I mean, the whole, the whole book, the whole book of Lamentations is uh, is powerful. Um, but let me uh, let me read this. I am a man who knows affliction. Chapter three. From the rod of his anger. One whom he has led and forced to walk in darkness, not in the light. Against me alone he brings back his hand again and again all the day. He has worn away my flesh and my skin. He has broken my bones. He has beset me round about with poverty and weariness. He has left me to dwell in the dark like those long dead. He has hemmed me in with no escape and weighed me down with chains. Even when I cry out for help, he stops my prayer. He has blocked my ways with fitted stones and turned my paths aside. A lurking bear he has been to me, a lion in ambush. He deranged my ways, set me astray, left me desolate. He bent his bow, set me up as the target for his arrow. He pierces my sides with shafts from his quiver. I have become a laughingstock for all nations, their taunt all day long. He has sated me with bitter food, made me drink my fill of wormwood. He has broken my teeth with gravel, pressed my face in the dust. My soul is deprived of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. I tell myself my future is lost, all that I hoped for from the Lord. The thought of my homeless poverty is wormwood and gall. Remembering it over and over leaves my soul downcast within me. But this I will call to mind as my reason to have hope. The favors of the Lord are not exhausted. His mercies are not spent. They are renewed each morning. So great is his faithfulness. My portion is the Lord, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Good is the Lord to one who waits for him, to the soul that seeks him. It is good to hope in silence for the saving help of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke from his youth. Let him sit alone and in silence when it is laid upon him. Let him put his mouth to the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him offer his cheek to be struck. Let him be filled with disgrace. For the Lord's rejection does not last forever. Though he punishes, he takes pity in the abundance of his mercies. He has no joy in afflicting or grieving the sons of men. And so is some of the book of Lamentations. From the grief also comes the hope.
from the crying, the wailing, the crying aloud in pain, comes the sitting in silence and waiting in silence for the saving help of the Lord. Let's, let's go back into prayer. Lord, send that hope into the hearts of those who are distressed. All of us who are distressed, but especially those right there in Texas where this shooting has taken place, the families, the other students in the school, the teachers and administrators and all those, Lord, in that community. Let them know that they can pour out their grief to you. And let them know, as your word says, that your favors, your mercies, your saving help has not been exhausted. They may not feel it now. They may not think it is there. They may be praying, Lord God, as as your son did on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But Lord, your word also says that for you, the night is as clear as the day. The deepest moment of darkness and distress for you is like the midday sun because you do not change. Your love for us, your protection for us, your providential wisdom and the fulfilling of your plan does not change. Let us trust you as Job had to trust you. Job, who, 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 who could not make sense of the devastating loss all around him, in his possessions, in his loved ones, and then in his own body. And yet, God questioned him. Let's go to the book of Job, because this too is a key lesson for our distress, these moments like this. And you know, and again, it's it's when we try, sometimes we try too quickly, too quickly to make sense of things. That, that, again, when you're driving through a storm, you're, you're not trying to make sense of it. You're trying to get through it. Lord, protect me. Help me. I'm putting myself in your hands, Lord God. That's that's got to be the, the thrust and the focus of our soul. So Job is, 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 is asked these questions by the Lord. Who is this that obscures divine plans with words of ignorance? Gird up your loins, I will question you, and you tell me the answers. And let's allow this, my friends, as we put ourselves in these these families into the hands of God. Let's allow this to set the to set the framework, set the perspective. Where were you when I founded the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its size? Do you know? Who stretched it out? Who stretched out the measuring line for it? Into what were its pedestals sunk? And who laid the cornerstone? While the morning stars sang in chorus and all the sons of God shouted for joy, who shut within doors the sea when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling bands? 
when I set limits for it and fastened the bar of its door and said, Thus far shall you come, but no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stilled. Have you ever in your lifetime commanded the morning and shown the dawn its place? For taking hold of the ends of the earth till the wicked are shaken from its surface? The earth is changed as is clay by the seal and dyed as though it were a garment, but from the wicked the light is withheld and the arm of pride is shattered. Have you entered into the sources of the sea or walked about in the depths of the abyss? Have the gates of death been shown to you or have you seen the gates of darkness? Have you comprehended the breadth of the earth? Tell me if you know all. Which is the way to the dwelling place of light? And where is the abode of darkness? That you may take them to their boundaries and set them on their homeward paths. You know, because you were born before them, and the number of your years is great. Have you entered the storehouse of the snow and seen the treasury of the hail, which I have reserved for times of stress, for the days of war and of battle? Which way to the parting of the winds Whence the east wind spreads over the earth. And God goes on. This is the 38th chapter of Job. God goes on and on and on. Asking Job these impossible questions. The point being not to get an answer. The point being to show him that he alone is God. He alone. Is God. And that's what, that's what we have to do. One more thing, I'm going to read the conclusion of this and remind you of one more scripture. Job answered the Lord after all these questions and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be hindered. I have dealt with great things that I do not understand, things too wonderful for me which I cannot know. I have heard of you by word of mouth, but now my eye has seen you. Therefore, I disown what I have said and repent in dust and ashes. Remember when David suffered the loss of his child? David besought the Lord for the child. Fasting prostrating himself on the ground, begging the Lord for the life of the child. The child died and the servants were afraid to tell him because they said if he's behaving like this while the child is still alive, what is he going to do when we tell him the child has died? And they told him, because he overheard them whispering, and David said, the child has died, hasn't he? And they said, yes. And he got up and he washed and he ate. And they said, well, what are you doing when, when the child was still alive? You were begging and fasting him and now you get up and you dress. And David said, oh, well, I can't bring him back. And David, it said, while he besought God for the child while the child was alive, after the child died, he worshipped God. Worshipped. Same thing that God was getting Job to do. To bow down before him 
to kneel down before him and to say, you alone are God. Worship him. We say it every day, thy will be done. His will is not sin. But brothers and sisters, he knows what's going on. And he leads us through these storms. So let's do it together as a nation. We have a lot of storms. And this, this tragedy in Texas is a big tragedy and it deserves our attention. But my goodness, um, it's, it's one of those occasions to turn to him in worship. So thank you for doing that with me today. Fear not, I am with you, Ricky is saying, uh, with you at all times till the end. That is a quote that we have to continue uh, to um, repeat and instill in our children and our children's children. Okay, so uh, before we finish, uh, let's see if there are uh, any questions um, here that we can answer for you. Let's see, you all have uh, you all have good things to say. Uh, many of you repeating the, the theme that we echoed earlier, that uh, we're living in a culture of death. We're accepting the, the killing of children every day as a culture. Uh, and then we're astonished and bewildered at the killing of children. Um, we reap what we sow. And uh, that is something that, uh, again, is a key biblical lesson, common sense. That's exactly what happens. So um, uh, some of you are asking, of course, about uh, today's uh, uh, primaries. Of course, in Georgia, we see Herschel Walker uh, pulling off that uh, primary victory. Uh, very, very important. And uh, Angela uh, making uh, a point of saying uh, a lot of uh, pro-life candidates running uh, for state elections. Check out pro-life websites for the information. And of course, ours uh, at Priests for Life is pro-life vote, prolifevote.com. And uh, that's uh, uh, one that we invite you to visit all the time during this, during this primary season and during this uh, midterm election overall. And uh, you'll get all kinds of helpful information uh, that you need there. Okay, let's offer the Lord's Prayer together, would we? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, thanks, friends. Let's keep our prayers up uh, for one another and for our country. And spread the word about this program. And follow me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. And, of course, Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network. And this has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.